It's time to open your mind and expand your empire. You're listening to The Ted Huff Show. Join in for stories that embrace imperfections and become the inspiration you need to achieve true greatness in your life through actionable progress in the pursuit of self-discovery, self-improvement, and self-purpose. Where will your story take you? Now let's get it started with the man himself, your host, Ted Huff. So this episode of The Ted Huff Show, we had a little bit of difficulty with microphones, but please hang in. I think you're really going to enjoy the discussion I have with Hugo Sanchez, the CEO of Modiap. As a young man, he was sent to jail for a quarter of a century, only to emerge with the determination to take life to the fullest. After a couple successful business ventures, he sold it all to chase the Modi dream. So Modi's a platform that seamlessly monetizes content for consultants and professionals in real time at a rate set by them. Check out Modi, they've got some really great people. So I can't wait for you to actually meet Hugo. As, as you heard in the, uh, the intro, it's about stories about the imperfections, about all that fun stuff. Oh, so, I the right guy. Uh, dude, I was like, this is, gonna, this is perfect. You got a ball of imperfections in here. People want, I think if people are looking for imperfection, I might be the king of that. <laughs> I might be the king of imperfection. I've, I've tried already not to be perfect. I just try to get the job done. Right. That's my end game, get the job done. You know, I, when I used, to own, I used to own a chain of dry cleaners, People say, you hire people that sometimes not experienced. I say, yeah. Because I could teach them my way and it'll get done right. No bad habits. Exactly. Yeah. I've had pressers. Man, they could press a shirt in about 13 seconds. But they come in half an hour late every day. So that 13 seconds don't mean nothing to me. You just lost all those 13 seconds. Exactly. So the value is what you're willing to teach and who's willing to learn. Yeah. That's the key value of business for me. The thing is with an app, it's a whole different world. I, you know, when I'm going to a building to tell you, let me get your clothes to clean them that I could do a better job. It's physical, we're shaking hands on it. You know, I'm bringing your stuff at five o'clock. An app, I don't know who you're talking to. The call may drop, it's Wi-Fi, and then you're like discouraged. But what yeah. when, you, when your call drops on the iPhone, you don't get discouraged. No, you pick up the phone. You call again. Yeah. Now, what happens when you use a GPS and it takes you to the wrong block and then it tells you recalculating? You don't tear out the, the GPS out the car. I'm never using it again. Yeah. So I think when you're trying a new app and there's a new app in the market, you have to give it a fair chance. Yeah. You're not doing it with Google. You're not doing it with Apple Shoot, taking your iPhone Google back. Google yesterday got me like turned all around. Um, I was trying to get back to the hotel and it told me to take a left when actually I should have been taking a right because it had the GPS had me all twisted around. It was crazy. And so so I'm like, I, I walked like two blocks the wrong direction, then realized it, and then went back the other and, way. And, and who do we complain to? I don't see nobody writing Google and said, you know I walked the two extra blocks. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, every now and then I, I'll get a friend and said, well, you don't have messaging on Modi already. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to tell you that I was God. There's only three of us. There's me, Jeff, and Kevin. And I'm the salesman on the team. And Jeff works anything you could put in this app, he puts it on. And oh, yeah. Kevin, like, to me, and then think about the position that I put my two partners in. I just want you to think how weird this positioning is. My partners have been partners for 16 years and decided to take a third guy. So you have a right hand and left arm, and you just decide to have one more arm in the middle of your chest. How hard is that for them as partners? Yeah. 
It gets in the way sometimes, right? Um, no, this is the thing that it doesn't get in the way. It doesn't get in the way at all. Oh, that's so, awesome. So the fact, because here goes the thing. I think what's important about me, Jeff and Kevin is that one, we're all old. I'm 50. Kevin is in his 30s, mid 30s. Um, Jeff is also in his bed going into his 40s. So I think all of us being together combined like 150 years, <laughs> we, we're very practical men and we're all married. I think all those things are create what Modi is. We know what we're doing. We know who we want to serve. So we're not sitting at home saying, yo, we got to get some emojis in there. Right. That's not our game plan. It's never been our game plan. Our game plan is to take the regular person and say, you don't need brick and mortar. You're not 20. No. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, one of the things that, that we talk about on the show is really going back and, and kind of letting people understand the types of things um, you've, you've gone through. Um, and kind of going back to like growing up. So uh, I know you and I've talked off camera a couple of times about this, but I think it'd be important for the folks um, joining the show to kind of understand, you know, where, where, where did Hugo's journey start? And then we can, we can kind of pepper in a few of the other things uh, that, along the journey. Sure. So, I mean, to know Hugo, uh, first I was born in Puerto Rico. Okay. My grandparents raised me because at the time this was, you know, 1969, my parents are moving to New York, they're moving into Brooklyn, into Pinkin Avenue. It was like a whole new world for them, they're trying to get work, so they figured it'd be easier to leave the boy with the grandparents and bring the girls, my two sisters. They thought it was easier, they could handle the girls. And since I was a boy, I was a little tougher, and my grandparents were right. The problem was that where we lived at was like a project, like what's considered over here by neighborhoods. My grandmother paid 10 cents for 90 years a month. 10 cents a month for three bedrooms, two balconies. I, I know that sounds like, so she paid a dollar twenty a year. You know, I don't think her rent ever went up. You know, my grandmother smoked till she was almost 105 before she passed away. Oh, wow. But because I was in a bad neighborhood and trying to do that transition of going to school, I never really went to school. So if you tell me, what school did you actually finish? I think I went from public school and that's as far as I went, you know? And I went because my there was this thing that, that they kept flying me back and forth to New York to avoid me getting in trouble, but it was too late. I already understood that we were poor and that my parents were hardworking and it was just not gonna be enough. I had to find my own way. So I started dealing drugs really early in the game, maybe about 14. Oh, wow. In Puerto Rico. So you gotta understand, first of all, you're only making a dollar bag, but we're talking early 80s, a dollar, you know, $10, it starts adding up. I'm making $300 a day. $300 for a kid in 1980 something, it's a little absurd. It's a bit of cash in the pocket. Yeah, it's a, and you know, and considering I'm going up, I this is things you learn. I'm going up there at 5 in the morning because I know that the junkies need the fix at 5 in the morning so they could go start stealing around 8 and bring jewelry, watches, car radios around 10 for the second fix. And then they try to go out and get one more run to get two fixes for the night to hold them over so they don't get sick. So knowing that at 14 is a little disturbing. That is crazy. It's a, so, so you think that this is happening every day and it's happening because today I'd rather say that it's the internet that's creating more drug dealers or the persona. But before that, you couldn't see me. I was the kid on Pinkin Avenue. There was a thousand of me on East New York and the Bronx. You couldn't see me. I didn't want to be seen. Today's drug dealer wants to be on Instagram and then two years later catch 20 years and say, how did I get caught? 
everything required life in the back. Anything over two ounces of cocaine required life in the back, but with me it was kilos, so totally different. It was life in the back regardless. And that's not even the best. You know, a lot of people say, I wouldn't survive in there. Of course you would have. Teddy, even you would have survived in there. Your survival instincts are incredible. <laughs> so when people say you're not going to, that's a lie. You're going to survive. You may not be the same when you come out, but you will survive and you will learn a lot of things to survive. And that's what I learned in there. But, I, but one of the things I did learn in there, that was very interesting. The one thing people think people don't have is respect. And Jill, you learn respect or you'll lose your life. An inmate honey bun, his cake and soda soap bar can get you killed. Wow. It's so weird how we have a thing of not respecting people on the street because we think we're tougher and we won't take somebody's soap in jail because we know we could wind up dead in the yard. <laughs> Isn't yeah. that interesting? It's the the one thing we should grow up learning is respect. And some people have to go to jail to learn it. A different perspective of, of crazy, right? Yeah. It's, uh, you, you think about the things that we take for granted. Uh, I mean, I, I grew up in the Midwest, um, in Iowa, you know, the things you're talking about happen there too. They happen everywhere. Um, but my perspective on it was completely different. Yeah. The, the things that were important to me were different. That's how it is. But that, you know, a lot of, you know, it's funny because when I'm home watching TV and I see, I'm a, one of those HTD TV guys, those home building guys I like to watch. And I see these houses in Arkansas, Arizona, Mississippi. I said, man, I would kill for that. Nice little ranch in Texas, couple of cows. And people are like, no. I'm like, no. I said, that's actual living. People can actually smell the coffee in the morning. You come here, you can't smell nothing. You smell colognes and people moving so fast. You feel you're gonna get knocked over. I, and I'm a New York. I'm a, I love New York. You could not some, but we're rude. We've, we're rude. We're chasing money so fast. We're forgetting to say good morning. We're forgetting how to treat people. We're forgetting the simple things in life that make us human in New York. Because you're in the way of my next dollar. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't looked at it really from that perspective. Uh, you know, I haven't spent a lot of time in New York, but when I have, I haven't, haven't really had that perspective because I've, I've had my focus on what I'm here for. Right. But if you were living here every day, you will see that it's, it's moving so fast. Your neighbor lives there today and tomorrow he's moved or sold his place or went bankrupt. That's how fast New York is. In this building, I've seen things change over the years. New, younger people coming in, older people losing their place. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. And I think it's because, and I don't want to say older people, people our age, we're a little stubborn. We're fighting technology, and that's not something we should be doing. That's not the way I do things. You know what? The guy that used to sell penis door to door in 1967, it's not the way he does things anymore either. He sells them online. Yeah. He doesn't walk door to door and hope he can give you a cleaners or a sewing machine and you'll buy it and pay $1 a week. That's not the game no more. I'm sorry. Social media, it, it just using emails. It's just, it's a whole new game. Brand new. I'm like a brand new baby. Like if your wife just had your daughter, I know as much as what you're teaching me moving forward, except that I have the energy like I've known in my whole life because I believe in my partners and because I believe in them, it allows me to be in this comfort zone with this app. Because I trust everything about them. 
I have no doubt that we're going to get where we need to be with them too. Nobody else, just them. So what was it that, that caught your attention with, uh, with, with, because you, you have a, an iPhone app um, that will have a link for you guys to go ahead and download um, from from the from the website and the show notes. But what what got you to that point where where you're like, I've got to do this this app? Well, you know it's funny. It just it's not about everything I've ever done. I used to be a construction manager. I completely stopped that and wanted to dry clean just night and day overnight. So I'm done with construction. So how did you make that decision? Again. I used to, my, my boss required me to wear suits. Some of my suits were six, $7,000. I would have to have made because everybody I was talking to, Harvard graduates, people that you had to go write. They cut checks by $7 million. You have to go appropriate to these people. But my suits, every time I sent them to clean, they were like $22, $25. I'm selling 25 suits a week. That's costing some money. That's like the t-shirt, ties. I ran into my dry cleaning, the employee at Costco's, craziest thing. I want my wife in Costco and the guy name is Danny also. So I ran into Danny and said, hey, Danny, can I ask you something? You working, how much is it to actually clean a suit? I, give me the actual cost. He said, I get paid 80 cents an item. An item is two pieces, a pants and a shirt or a jack and a pants. It's called one item. So he's getting 40 cents literally for every piece that he irons. And then the machine takes 65 pounds in dry cleaning so you do them after hangers a nickel the clip is three cents for like 10 of them and the bag is a nickel the bag that goes over it so i'm saying 10 cents so my suit is costing about about 50 in total and i'm paying 25 dollars that's a 23 dollars come up yeah that's a, said, that's a nice up. bit of markup i said hold up i said how many pieces do you do a day he said we do about a thousand pieces a day i'm like what <laughs> <laughs> I said, wait a minute. I said, go find me a factory, a warehouse. I said, we're going to do something different. And I walked away from that also for this app. I had a dream about an app. <clears throat> Just bits and pieces of what I think it could be. I called my friend Kevin, which um, he knew I was a developer. Then we became really close because he's an amazing, he's an amazing designer. He designs everything on Moni. And he used to show his work. So when I had an idea, Jeff was the one to bring on board. So he brought Jeff. Jeff is like, Jeff is the key. If it can't be done, Jeff will tell you can. But if it could be done, I remember it was me, Jeff, and Kevin, and we had some actors in the house, they were friends of mine, and we were kicking the idea back and forth. It's the first time I met Jeff, and I, I was able to look at Jeff's eye and just said, let me think about this. This is possible. I might be interested. I remember that's why he said, I might be interested. Give me a couple of weeks to run this over. And then Jeff and I called back and they said, okay, let's just work out the details, funding, money. I said, I'm selling everything that I own. That's how end I'm in. Wow. Talk about going all in. <laughs> it's just how you, and look, you're in when you bought all this equipment. There's no saying this was going to be successful, but you didn't know until you committed. True. My whole thing was committing. I work out the rest of the detail. Whatever I don't know, Jeff teaches me. Whatever I don't know, Kevin will inform me. And whatever I need to learn, I learn from guys like you. That time of, of doubt, um, overwhelm, or frustration, what are some tactics that you use to just clear your mind? I know we talked about earlier a little bit off camera. I uh, tell you, there's one thing in jail that we call this in jail. It's called the fuckets. It's called the fuckets. Because when you can't change something, fuck it. It is what it is. 
But anything you could change, you change. You put the effort to change. But you can't drown yourself on something that can't be changed. It doesn't make no sense. It doesn't. But if it could be changed, go all in. But the idea is you only get the fuckets when it's impossible to do something with it. If you take a glass right now and you smash it, then we're done with it. It's a matter of just cleaning it up. I'm not gonna sit here wondering we can fix it. No, it's done. Let's move on. It's knowing how to move on. And it's knowing how to really commit. People commit partially. If you commit with doubt, you're not committing at all. That's not the way I operate. I commit to win. That is my only goal. All these little bumps, they're not losses to me. They're learning experience. Like I tell you, I learned more about Modi this year than I learned two years ago. And, and it wasn't about the app. The app, I know everything about the app, the direction, what I want, not the app. My target, who are my people, who would actually use it, and why they would use it. And how do I create a market for them, or create an interested in the app that says, okay, this makes sense to me, Hugo. How do I do that? And that was one by one by Instagram DM. People say, oh, I got, no, I DM, do you, I DM everybody that I wanted to talk to. That's true. Because my worst scenario is that you're gonna tell me, no. That was the absolutely worst. I was gonna get my fingers chopped off, I wasn't gonna get killed. You just said, what told me, politely listen, you go, I'm not interested at this moment, I have other projects I'm working with. Yeah, we, we, we had a little bit of a, a, a an introduction, so um, Gerard right. had, had introduced us and, right. so, and you went know, through that piece. So a lot of people don't get it, like how does this work? I met Gerard through Anthony. I went to founders, Anthony made it his part to introduce me because he felt that I had something about it. And I thought, you know, I got a lot of DMs, and this is the weirdest thing, because I get DMs from young people, so it always interests me why a young person would DM an older person thinking that I could brand them. I can't brand them. Your brand is too young, you need to stick in your core group and get them going. If you're building a brand and you want to meet people like you, that I have to have something to offer you. You have to be within my brand reach. But would Ted use my brand? Well, the answer is yes. Right. <laughs> but and that's why I would go after Ted and not go after uh, a 6ix9ine, a rapper. Amazing right. rapper. He, he could probably get me 10 million downloads in one day and crash my app. Very but true. would he actually use my app every day as a business? No. But he's not my client like you would be. You would use it four times a week, at least an hour a day, if you're making money off of it. And that's my goal. My goal is that it actually helps you and you use it. My partners, when they built this, we all have, we have one plan. We don't deter from it. Even if we catch brain farts every now and then, you know, do you think? No, we clear that out right quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think this would be a good idea? Yeah, no. No. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, we all know what we're doing and what our role is. There's no mistake here. There's no one checking up on us like we're five years old. Look, if you tell me, Hugo, what's your wish list? My wish list is pretty much. That's different. actually one of my questions. <laughs> if you ask me, who if I had if I if I had to pick partners out today, if I had to pick out more partners to build my app out, what's my wish list? Well, I got John Mala. Now this is gonna sound strange. To you. It would be Gabby B. Not because he's famous, because he probably wouldn't even use my app. It's not Gabby gives everything for free. When you speak to Gabby, it's free. What he gives you is free. You just gotta embrace it or walk away from it. But. And Gary has the footprint, Vayner Media, Vayner Sports. Mm -hmm. Everything else that he does inside that company is our app. Okay. You know, if you want to work with Vayner Media, wouldn't you like to work on a one-on-one -on -one consulting with them, being able to see the person, talk to them, and be able to show your brand, I work with Vayner Media to bring you the best content possible. 
That's what Modi. If Modi provides you to do you now what's more important. Build content. Without content, you don't have a show. You build a base show because you invested in the equipment and the content you put into it. That's what makes Ted's show. From the beginning to the exit, everything is done to perfection. And that's what Modi wants to do. We want to be able to provide you with an app that says, you don't have to use Skype and then pay me through Venmo. You don't have to use this and then pay me through Cash App. We're going to use this, you're going to pay me, and we're going to build content, and you're going to be able to save that content. So when you're working on your brand, you can go over what we spoke about. Oh, you're going to be able to provide. I want to build Modi to a point where you wouldn't need all this. Where it's all on your phone. Our voice, video, everything is to a level where Tessa, this is acceptable for me to do a podcast with. We're talking about a half a million podcasts done just in the United States a week. Half a million. And 51% of them are college graduates listening. If that is not a solid market, I don't know what is. That's awesome to hear. That makes me feel good. Uh <laughs> no, hands down, this is going to be the next television. You know how you go and watch CNN and you watch this? This is it right here. This is... And this is a version of Netflix. So this would be Netflix in the podcast world. So when people say, I got a podcast that I reached thousands of people that believe in what I do. And that's important because you're building a core group around what you, what your brand is. So you mentioned the core group and building in the brands. How, what are some of the, and you mentioned reaching out through DMs on, on Instagram, but how do you, how do you take the feedback and how do you manage through that to make sure that you're, you're delivering the most value. How, how do you and your partners go through that? I mean, for a lot of the folks, you know, joining us today, they, they, they may have a really, really cool idea um, that they're ready to, to commit to, like we talked about. Right. But how do they start to get that feedback and the understanding of, of how to start to really lay that stuff out? I mean, look, I think if you're building a brand, it's like building a resume. So you want, you want, to, build, you want to build this brand out start writing everything down. The what, what is my brand gonna represent? You know, what, what, what I want people to see or see when they walk away from me with my brand for the public to enjoy. Because if I was building this app for me and it was just me and it wasn't no Jeff, no Kevin, probably have a fuckload of emojis and <laughs> <laughs> some stuff you like, you'll be like, you went just too far with this. This is no point for it. I think having smart partners it's the most important thing. Partners that reflect what you do and can actually step in and say, mm, don't fucking do that. That doesn't make no sense. Okay. And I think that's what we have. Partners that are going to tell you the truth. Yeah. The ones that are yeah. going to call you out on your shit. Oh, they. And how, how, how do you find those people? Because I, I, I know that there are a lot. I mean, I'm gonna be how, many, how many? For me, I got lucky. I didn't even gonna lie. I didn't, <laughs> no, no. It wasn't like I knew Kevin's integrity was to the point that now we've been going partners on three years. I met Nelson Mandela's grandson. A friend introduced him. We had, we had dinner. He wrote a book, uh, To the Mountains. Amazing. He was doing a book tour. I met him, had dinner with him. Amazing insight on Mandela. Like, there's no way you could get that information. He was in the house living with him. Yeah. I'm like, wow. He, he told me, Hugo, you know what's biggest, people's biggest perception of me? They think because my grandfather's face is on all the money in South Africa that we're rich. He said that was a gesture by South Africa to make the money with my grandfather. 
says, we don't get a currency out of that. There's no cut. <laughs> we don't get a million dollars a month for having my grandfather's face in. He says, it's all hard work after this for us to be a Mandela. I was like, interesting. So it's even harder for him because he has a name he has to live up to. Yeah. So he, he has that perspective. You know, the, people have the perspective of that person is well known. Right. So, And, and that, that's part of the culture that we live in today too, right? Is we've got the celebrity culture. So if you're well known, that means that you have money, which isn't always the case. That's a lie. It's a lie. Look, I've met people. I've met and I've had him come to my house. I met J.W. Cortez. He's um, Detective Alvarez on Gotham's. We've become dear friend. He's a police officer, an advocate. This guy is, a, when I tell you, I've never met a mom. As I get old, I'm older than him. But if I could grow a little more like him in life, get a little bit off of him, I'm golden. I met Crazy Legs. I, got, I don't even know how to dance. This is from Rocksteady Crew from the 80s when breakdancing was legendary. He's been sponsored by Red Bull for 18 years now. They're making the motion move. I met him on a DM. He came to my house. I went to his house in Puerto Rico. He gave water purifiers to Red Bull. Shout out to Red Bull. They sponsored water for Puerto Rico, private jets, and everything because of Crazy Legs. He spoke to them, and they they all in. I went over there to take lights. We worked as a team. Like You'd be surprised who you meet if you just try to reach somebody. They're regular people like us. You know, of course, they've worked really hard on their branding, and they're amazing people. But if you talk to them on a one-on-one, they're like, just, just like me, one leg at a time. So you actually bring up something that is very, uh, to me, um, was very inspiring and, and, and made me feel really good to actually have been able to meet you. And um, it was the work that you've, you've done in Puerto Rico. Um, I, I, I know you spent some time there, and I'd like you just kind of go over, you know, what was that? What was it like to to have that that so, ability to go to Puerto Rico so and support? Look how that opportunity came up also. So my partner, who's Chinese, his name is Hong Wang. He's the creator of the Clutch It. The company was being built. The, the finances were in there. I found the product. I said, I'm willing to invest the money in, but we have to bring in some of my people that I know. I had a friend. His name is Danny Cotton. He used to work for Royal Star. I brought him in because I know what he's capable. I said, Danny, listen, I got my own thing going on, but you would be the perfect CEO for this company. But you got to move to China and take the horns straight up on this. He's been in China for two years, living in China. Danny, this happened in Puerto Rico. Danny knows me for years. He knows I'm Puerto Rican. He said, what can I do from here? I said, Danny, can you find me some lights that don't use batteries? that are solar powered and that the people could charge their phone. We have to give something that doesn't need something else to make it work. He went all through, he's in Shenzhen, our office is in Shenzhen in China. He went all over, he found these lights that stores were selling for $18. We got them for eight bucks. He says, look, we can invest by a thousand of them. But at that point, you're gonna have to come out of pocket and do the rest on your own. Interesting thing, we got the lights, you know, the weight. It was too heavy. It was almost 300 pounds. And it was a big duffel bag. My wife's cousin uh, works in corporate, JetBlue. Oh, nice. He sent the letter, an email to me. I took that letter to Jet. And shout out to JetBlue. I went to the airport with that letter, 300 pounds of lights. Took it off my hand, put it on a cart, put it on a plane. Got it to me in Puerto Rico while I was on my flight with all my luggage. So I must have had like 600 pounds worth of stuff. Not a charge, not an extra fee, 
Everything has special tags on it. When I got there, they put me on a car. I didn't even go through a metal detector. They made sure that I had a smooth transition to Puerto Rico with these lights. That's awesome. How cool was that? That is. And it was a simple letter from JetBlue, and they did it on a 24-hour notice. That's making it happen. That is that is awesome. So so you went to Puerto Rico after the boots hurricane. Boots on the ground. Um, I went with Anthony from Disrupt. Mm -hmm. Anthony was over there. Um, it, it's the most interesting thing, places to stay. Where do you stay in a hurricane? We you met, know, I hadn't even thought about that. Where do you stay in a hurricane? People over there let us stay in their house. Hotel owners that had uh, those hostels gave us free room and board, food, and everything. Asked for nothing in return and said, please keep coming to Puerto Rico and help. Your presence here shows us that we have a chance to make it back. Not wow. a light, not give me $10 a day, even fed us. Cooked, brought plates up, bring us food that the wife cooked. My wife just made these. My son just. Everybody over there is willing to help you. They need help. They really do need help. We can't sit here and say, well, 95% of the people got light. And the other half don't have lights. And the other half don't have houses or roofs. It's not finished. We don't have proper medical. We don't. There's so many places that are still broken down. We're never going to get full tourism unless people actually say, I want to be part of the reconstruction of Puerto Rico. People don't understand the values there. It's a beautiful island. You can start your business. You know, if you open a business in Puerto Rico, you don't pay taxes. Yeah, so uh, that that's actually uh, one of the things that Anthony and I talked about uh, on when when he was on the show, um, and it's really interesting. All you have to live there six months out of the year, but who wouldn't want to live in a Caribbean island six months out of the year? You know, I, I like the idea. You know, Anthony and I were talking about how how he goes and takes a dip in in the ocean in the morning. I'm like, I, that, he's three blocks away. I'm he's three like, blocks I, away. I can do that. Did he tell you what he pays? He pays six hundred dollars for a two bedroom. No, he did two not tell me that. Six hundred. <laughs> look, look what he's paying. He's paying six hundred dollars for a two bedroom, two bathroom, three blocks away from the beach. How can you not want to live and work in Puerto Rico? And you know what? You can still get a plate of food for six dollars. And I'm talking a plate of food me and you can eat off, and it's enough. And everybody knows English. Everybody tells you good morning over there. You, to get a good morning out of here, Jesus, you need a gun. People pass you over here like if you have the plague. A, a gun or a tip. Yeah, like you, you, you have to, the tip or something because people <laughs> over here, they, the struggle is viewed to say good morning. I, I, I force myself like good morning just to force the good morning out of them because their teeth are already grinning like they're going to have a bad day. How do you know you're going to have a bad day? Are you planning a bad day? There's a speaker. I don't know. Have you ever you heard of Eric Thomas, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know has, about E.T. Okay, so let's move to his team. He has a gentleman. His name is George Savera. He's in a wheelchair. He was also uh, in narcotics when he was younger. He was shot like 17 times, paralyzed. He's a speaker. He's learning how to walk again after 17 years. You know, and we sit here and we complain. He's learning how to walk again. Something they said he was never going to do. He works in a barbershop. He's certified by different states as a teacher. Oh, that's crazy. How do you cut hair in a chair? He stacked pillows. See, there is no obstacle for him. The only obstacle for him is you if you want to complain about his wheelchair. He doesn't have obstacles. He just got married two months ago to a beautiful woman up in Jamaica, whatever, Thomas. There's no obstacle in the woman that loves him. She don't see the wheelchair. She sees the man. We constantly see other things on people, whether it's a Gucci sneaker or Louis this. Their representation to us is what they wear and how they walk and how their bodies are. 
that's not a person. It's when you talk to them, the substance, that's a person. What they have to offer as a human being. You know, when people say, man, you went after Casey as a partner. He's really young. You have that much faith? Absolutely. Absolutely. When I spoke to my partners and we went back and forth on this, there was no mistake in that Casey wasn't the guy. There was no mistake in that. We knew we wanted Casey. Why? Because when a kid can wake up that young and find so much to live for, how can you not want that kid to represent your company? At 17 years, before he graduated, he became partners with me. Before he turned 18, he was already a partner with me on Modi, with us, you know, as as a team. And to bring him on, we're happy to have him. We're excited to have him on. This was, that's what's really interesting. You would think that maybe he's excited to be with us. We're actually excited to be with him. <laughs> How funny is that? No, that, that's, uh, well, and that's kind of the discussion we were talking about earlier is, is being able to identify your core market. When I worked in Gary V's event, Gary B was not my objective. It was his team. His team will speak for me. They'll clear those aisles and those obstacles that Gary doesn't have to find out about me in an interview. They're already tell Gary, Gary, you should definitely sit down with this gentleman. We got to meet him at event. Do you know at his event, there was no stage. There's no fancy clothes. There's a pair of jeans, t-shirt, and a pair of sneakers. Let's go. Yeah. Gary's not trying to sell you a Louis Bell. He's not trying to sell you a Bell. Maybe Gary's some pants with shoes. Some cake. Some, uh, some, some, uh, uh, yeah, some really some nice cloud cakes. and dirt. Some really nice ones. <laughs> <laughs> These some might be worth dirt. a lot. They got a signature on it, so they might be worth a fortune. Um, Gary sells you facts. And that's what I, so when you say, who's on my top list as influencers that I would bring as a partner, Gary V is definitely my top one, two, three. It's Casey, Gary, uh, this Kale Maddox at 16. A lot of people say, do you see Kale Maddox? Absolutely, I see him as a partner. If Kale Maddox can do this at 16, imagine him at 32. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, if I... If, if, <laughs> can you imagine that? If, if I were able to to think at the level that some of these these younger generations are, are thinking of it at that age. I mean, I had my own hustle, um, but it was nowhere near the the level of access to to people uh, nowhere near level I, access to I the think, to products or that. services i think when me and you were thinking of stuff like this even if i was doing it illegally i wasn't thinking six figures oh god no no i, I was six happy. figures if i made 200 i was like i'm rich exactly I'm rich. I'm getting a pair of Pumas. I'm definitely getting a pair of Pumas, some Levi jeans. You know, what was what was hip back then? Maybe a sham shirt with a big collar. Uh, you know? I, I was uh, I was trying to figure out what color Jordans I was going to buy. Right. That am was, I going to get the baby blue color. ones? <laughs> or am I going to get no, the, the traditional red and black? I, I, when I speak to Casey, because me and Casey, we speak almost every day, which is really interesting. You would think, why do we speak every day? But we do. And he's talking about conversions and targeting and... LinkedIn and how we're going to use LinkedIn with people that we're connected with. And I'm like, who the F am I fucking talking to here, man? Yeah. I'm expecting this conversation in a boardroom with 20 or 12, 50 year old men saying, we take a five minute. I'm doing these conversations with an 18 year old right now. Yeah. I'm having this conversation with a 16 year old, another 22 year old. And not only are they fake, they're showing analytics to prove they're right. Yep. <laughs> Well, that's, that's, that. another, that's another thing I think it's important too. I, I want to kind of just go back just a little bit sure. because you, you, you've mentioned partnerships and partnering with people. And I think one of the key things, um, one of two things happens traditionally. One, you you pick the wrong partner. That happens 99% of the time. Or two, you try and do it alone. That happens 150% of the time. 
people to those two burdens. Those are the first two big mistake burdens. How can those folks that are okay, so that are joining us today? Here goes the thing. The partner thing, I think it's gonna rely on you. When you pick your partner, you have to be honest with yourself. The good thing about people, again, I hate to say jail, but this jail makes you very observant. Because if you want to live, you need to watch everything around you. Again, I'm very observant. My partner's behaviors are very unique. Me knowing them, I don't take a guess on my partner. I never have to guess on Jeff. I never have to guess on Kevin. That's what makes me have great partners. I don't have partners I have to guess if they're going to do something right. I know they're going to do it right because it's what they do. So how do you, I'm going to pull this back to be a little bit more introspective, um, is what are the things that you are cognizant of when you're talking to somebody? And obviously you're being very, aware um and i have i have a different awareness factor from my my experience in the military so so mine's a, a slightly different awareness i wouldn't factor. say that i'd say the military is a prime example that if you look at prisons prisons are run like military exactly like a military a child hall they call it child it's still child True. you use a child hall towards the mess hall but it's still child and even the seals when they crack the case they call it on the child when you went in the army who showed you where the mess hall was at nobody you followed the group that's true and I know that because when I was in jail, I didn't know where the mess hall was at neither. But I followed the group. So these are things you learn. And I think prisons are designed like militaries because they create a schedule and they teach you order. When a partners come out, you have to delegate the work. My partners are not salesmen. They don't go in front of people and sell their app. That is my job. That's not what they do and it's not what they want to do. And I think we've all delegated ourselves to what we're experts on. Jeff is absolutely amazing. Coda. There's no denying it. It's understanding what it is that you are looking for in the relationship. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and being completely honest about yeah. what it is. And 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 do you, do you do you share that with the other person? Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, you're married. Yes. You have to share everything with your wife to make it work. True. So if you're gonna pawn us just like a marriage. So if you're gonna cheat on your wife, then don't get married. If I'm not going to trust my partners, then I shouldn't be going in bed with them. It's like going into a bad relationship. Look, I know sometimes you need this partner. And I, I know everybody, they think they need that partner because of the position he's in. You don't know what that position really is. He's not your partner. Stop thinking that he's in a better position. And if you bring him on board, he's going to make your product better. No, he's not. He might be selfish. And might be, I got 365,000 followers. That doesn't mean anything to me. You know why? Because some people follow me to be nosy. <laughs> I'm not that interesting. I mean, <laughs> I'm not that interesting of a guy. On a one-on-one, I might be interesting. But I'm not interested enough for 365,000 people to want to look at me every day. So let's be realistic. So I think in this business, if you're going to partner up, if this is not a one-man show, you have to do your job that you say you're going to do and do it every day. It's not a part-time job. I'm not into it today. Well, you know what? Jefferson's into it every day. He builds on it and works on it every day. Kevin works on it every day. I don't have that luxury to take a break. I have to find this funding. I have to get us traction. That's my responsibility. Because I told him that I can do it. No, that, so that's my responsibility to my team. Good. Yeah, and that, that's that's something that that is, is really important and, and gets looked over quite a bit. Um, is, is that, that being, you don't have to be brutal about it, but you have to be totally honest. There's no brutal unless I get offended. If you tell me something, Ted, 
The only reason I'm getting offended is because I'm not doing what I said I was doing. Okay. That's when it becomes offensive, when you're calling me out on my shit. And I shouldn't be offended because if I was doing my shit, you wouldn't be calling me out on it. True. If I committed to you and I shook your hand, you know, it's different. My father did business. He shook your hand. There wasn't all these fancy contracts. And and I remember telling Casey that he was so eager to get the contract signed. He said, yo, let's get them signed this week. I said, Casey, listen, me and you shook hands. It's done. The paper, that's formality. Just for the fancy people that need the paper. If I gave you my word and I shook your hand, we're done. There's a deal. Everything else is for the, the important people that like to read paper and sign things and charge us. <laughs> I'm really old school. I, I, I think, like, if you say something to me, Ted, just do what you can do. You don't have to oversell yourself. That way, I expect what you told me and nothing more. That's it. And if I get more, then I'm more, even more excited. So that you just brought up something that in order to, in order to get the deal. That's bad. I tell you something that I've, I've learned. Like, so now, you know, this new update. This iPhone update. So now it tells you how many hours you're spending on social media, working, texting. It actually gives you a complete breakdown. I just got my first <laughs> one yesterday. Um, and it was only for like half of the week. And I, I couldn't believe how much time I'd spent on it. So I'm glad that you did it because I looked at mine and mine said that I spend about 16 hours a day on Instagram. <laughs> my mine was kinda, four. Kinda, so kinda so you, you're like, you're kinda scary, right? So what am I doing for 16 hours a day on Instagram? I don't I don't go on Google. I go where my target is. If Epic Thomas is posting 10 times a day, I want to know everybody that keeps answering him every day and what they're doing, what they're looking to do. Because at some point, they're complimenting him, but they're also trying to get his attention. You know? So I look at both factors. Are you trying to get attention or are you trying to meet with him? And if you can meet with him, what, what would that be value to you? If Modi can get that done, and I could reach out to Eric Thomas and say, hey, this, this client that's been hitting you up for a year, telling you how great you are, would definitely like to spend $400 for half an hour to speak to you about their brand. And maybe work out a deal for the year and work with you personally to help them build their brand out. So I think with Modi, we're trying to teach, we're trying to reach out to these speakers and say, would you speak to these people if they're willing to pay you? Would you help them with their brand on a one-on-one? We get it. You want to fill up stadiums. We get all that. That's part of the money. That's the big to give you the best. How do you do that? Because, you know, if actually I'm working with Jay-Z, you're going to be like, whoa. Right? Right. Why? Because oh, of the business. Brand. Been, yeah. He proved that he can make it. So I think with Modi, we're going to give you an opportunity to work with those amazing brand ambassadors, people that have made brands out of nothing, that today you look at them and say, he's only 17. How did he do it? When you speak to Casey, find out his backstory, how Ty Lopez flew him out. And he met him for the first time. That's, that's what motivated him to be a speaker. So it's a guy like he got Ty Lopez attention and Ty Lopez flew him out to speak. Never spoke before. What did he do? He bought Ty Lopez's book, read the whole thing, learned a lot from and actually told him about the book and what he learned and what the book gave him. You know what Ty Lopez said? That's what I want my book to do. I want to fly you out and I want you to tell people. It's not that you can't reach Ty Lopez. It's that you have to have something to offer. I mean, the man's got to make money. Yeah, to provide the value first. You know, I had a concept. I'm going to tell you a story about a gentleman. You should reach out to him. His name is John Henry. Super talented. Smart. One of, probably one of the smartest gentlemen I've ever met in my life. For such a young man. He was a concierge at a building across. And I used to serve that building with my dry cleaners. And every day, I seen that John used to make that extra effort. So if you were Chinese, 
Are you a Muslim or American? Yeah. He will learn to say good morning in your language. Arimoto, good morning, uh, salam alaikum. He will go out of his way so his tenants would have a level of comfort with their concierge. Pick up their laundry, let them know when the laundry got back. I said, John, <clears throat> I really adore you and admire you. As a young, smart man, I know you think this is a great job. It is. It's got union benefits. It's, you know, it's pretty sh- cushy. You're in there. I said, but there's one thing in your life that you're never going to get back is time. I tell people all the time this. Time is the one thing you can't get back. Don't waste it behind a desk. Take your chances out in the world, not behind a desk. You know, if you want to be a regular guy, you wouldn't work as hard to please everybody in this building the way you do. You're not a regular guy. You're smart. You're creative. You made a lot of connections in this building. Step away. It's time to step away and take your own lead. Sure enough, he opened his first cleaners with me. You know, I taught him everything. He found his own place. He rented it. He got Silver Cup Studios. Empire wore all their suits. Oh, wow. 24 hours a day. They had to be ready. That's, That's crazy. That's $100 a suit. You're only paying $1.50. <laughs> I remember you going, going back to the beginning. So it's $1.50. So just think about this. So just think about it. And to John, if you speak to John Henry right now, and you tell John Henry, and we speak maybe every two or three months, you would think we don't know each other. But it's because I knew what he was capable of. He didn't, he didn't need Hugo to be his mentor. He needed a Hugo to give him a push. He didn't need a mentor. He just needed a little snug. Some people just need a little bit to see who they really are. So you that, that's that's one thing that that I hear a lot um, now is you know growing up you know mentors were were people around you mentors were people you went to go yeah yeah my biggest drug dealer that was my mentor the guy that controlled my whole block that was my mentor I saw power in that that I was like wow everybody moves when this guy snaps his fingers and it's all over this little envelope. I'm like, wow. And this is what I say when you look for the right mentors, though, and you're in the right neighborhoods, in the right small towns, you can find the right people. But if you're in a place where you come from nothing, your mentor is sometimes the wrong person. It's sad. You know? So I, I want to get your perspective on this. Is It seems like there are so many mentor programs that have started in the <sighs> last year. Oh, my God. Um, how How can someone and i've got my own opinions but we'll, we'll, we'll get yours because this is this is even though it's called the ted hub show they're not coming to hear ted's opinions they're coming to hear, I mean, hear what th- my guests I, I'm are i'm sure me and you on the same focus with that a lot of it is bs and a lot of it's good mentorship i and i think it's sorting out how do you do that how do you sort how, it how out? do i sort out a good mentor for me well, just, like, just for i mean for for anybody i mean because i'm assuming I, it's I gonna be, be the same process for hugo a good mentor to me is somebody that's willing to speak to me right out the gate, right on a, like, like when I DM somebody and like uh, an actor, like I DM JW Cortez and the guy that introduced me was another guy that did 10 years in jail. So that grew up with him in his neighborhood. It was the interaction of, Hey, JW, my name is Baba Ba. Um, me and my team, we created an app. I would love to show it to you. I think it has a, it could have a big role in fundraising and an actor's role and reaching out to people. Absolutely. Uh, where do you live? Uh, I live in New Jersey. I can go see you. I go, I'll stop by your house. Is it okay if I bring my wife? I was like, what? What? Yeah, absolutely. I was confused. And then again, I had an event here in New York. I didn't pay him. He did my whole event for me and my team. 
went up there, carried all the heavy load, did all the speaking, did all the promotion. To me, he's my man. And when you look at my mentor, I say it's J.W. Cortez, crazy legs, people that have status and never wants to listen, Hugo, I could do this, but it's going to be this. Never it's going to be that. It's always been, Hugo, what can I do on my end from what I know to help you? Okay. So I was able to pick out people that wasn't charging me. And to me, that showed me value on a mentor. And not that JW could come every week. He can't come every week to mentor me. But you know what? If I have a question, I have his personal number, I could pick up and speak to him. If I have an event or need him to get, do a promo for me, it's a phone call away. Absolutely, my brother. Whatever I can do to you to help you. So you brought up something that, that I think is super important. Um, and we, we are very close on the same page. Um, is... You have to bring value to the to the table. Yes. You have to bring discussion. You have to bring a perspective. Um, if that's if, the first thing, to be honest with you, we should make that first. There has to be something on the table to eat to begin with. Like what what what, what would I be reaching out to Gary Vaynerchuk for and DMing him, DMing him, writing for what? For a T-shirt. I can mail that into his company, and if he likes it, he likes it. If he don't, he don't. Right. But if I want a Gabby V on my app. It has to have what is in it for Gavis's portfolio. If he wants to have Modi with his Uber investment, um, Snapchat, everything that he's invested, does my app fit in his portfolio? Yeah, my app does. And I know it does. So my wish list is a guy like Gary Vee. A guy to use it, if you tell my wish list is a K.O. Maddox, Casey Adams, or John Malai, Eric Thomas, you, everybody is my people to use it. But you're right. You have to bring something to the table. And if you're not bringing something to the table in a, in a, in a non-financial manner, so that, that means that you have to either bring value that's non-monetary or you have to bring monetary value. Right, so, so which is the hardest one? Like me, I'm not offering money. I'm offering right. a product on top of that that's mine, which I'm also charging them to use it. So <laughs> the struggle is real. <laughs> think about that. that. That's, a, that's a little bit more that's, of a struggle than I was thinking think about. about yeah. I'm telling Gary, hey, Gary, or I'm telling Casey, hey, Casey, download my app, use my app. Hey, Ted, use my app. Oh, but it's still $6,000 an hour. <laughs> and you're like, great, I love the app, but he's still charging me for it. Every, so think every, about the sales pitch in that one, trying to get you to use the app and you pay me to use it. So the end game I still make. And then I got an amazing user like you to use it. So it's harder for me to sell it. It's a lot harder. But then again, I tell most people, nobody told you to download Instagram, but you did because you knew you needed it for marketing. Yeah. Nobody told you to do Snapchat. I still don't know how to use Snapchat. I, str- I admit I struggle yeah, with I, it I too. gave up. Snapchat won. They won with me. They don't have to worry about me. They won. I don't know how to use it. And that's <laughs> final. <laughs> but I still download it. Why? Because it's a marketplace. Right. So I'm not going to download a marketplace that I can market on. If I get one person out of Snapchat, I got one. You only need one investor. The thing is that people want so many. I think Facebook, Instagram, people are so involved with the likes, they're forgetting what they're doing it for. It's the craziest thing. I see people post something positive and then be angry, not get enough likes. And then, well, F everybody that don't believe. What are you doing? You saying you change your messaging just because you didn't get enough likes? What are we doing here? Yeah, and I, where I was, where I was going with that was was more um, the, the, all of the programs that have come up, right? Tons of them, and some are seven dollars a day, some are seven thousand dollars a day, some are two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. How how 
Okay, first, from your perspective, my perspective you... on that is you have to do your due diligence and say, okay, what's the rollout on this? I'm paying fifteen thousand for what? For phone calls? Are you going to help me with my branding? Are you going to help me with my analytics? How to st- set them? And then I'll do the paying on my end through Facebook. What is it that I'm getting out of Gerard Adams? What is it that I'm getting out of Eric Thomas? Don't just say, okay, I want to be part of Eric Thomas' team and don't know why you want to be part of the team and pay $15,000 and say, mm, that was the wrong group. Because you thought it would be fun or you thought it would be cool or give you if, notoriety if, if or giving something. $15,000 away for fun is your thing, I'm right here for you too. Give me $15,000. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it to you. I'll, I'll take, take it, it too. Let's be realistic. If you're investing in yourself and in your brand, then it's like buying a car. You're going to go to motor dealership. You're going to find out what this car has, air conditioning, heating, power windows. Well, that's how you should be looking at the person you're looking at as a mentor. Does he have everything I need for my company? Does he provide everything? You do it when you buy a car, right? You need to do it when you're when you're shopping for a mentor. Yeah, you should be shopping for a mentor like anything else. If you're saying, I want to be part of Founders, what can Founder offer me? Oh, it's only $30 a month. It's not that serious. That's a metro car for the week. I can get you to working back. You can have a job for that $30 you're giving away. To. That's really, use your common sense. This is, you don't have to be a rocket scientist. I think investing in your brand is getting that core group that relates to what you do and getting them on board. That's the investment. Getting the people that you go, he's like me, he's like me, he, he does what I do. Getting them on board. Because once you get them on board, there's a hundred of you doing the same thing. So we've, we've, we've spent quite a bit of time here. What are three things that they can do today that will get them that one step closer to their dream? First thing is stop bullshitting yourself. Stop really making excuses of why you don't get things done. I know a lot of people say that, but it's true. If you want to reach somebody... You're not going to know until you fucking try. Just try. At least, for the love of God, try. It's like a job. At least go in. If it's not for you, it's not for you. But take your phone. If you're building a business, whether it's a podcast, like we have a podcast now too. If everything you're doing, just do it. Stop acting like it's not going to happen. We take more, we're more critical to ourselves than the person that we're going to go to. How weird is that? Oh, he's not going to want to talk to me because of this. He doesn't even know you yet. He doesn't know what you have to offer. He doesn't know the will that you have to be great. Let somebody know who you are. Let them know that you're willing to work hard. Stop thinking that it's not going to happen because you're not important. Who sets the standard on important here? Who sets that standard? You know, if I have to tell people something, be honest with yourself and then be honest with the person you want to work with. Tell them your true objective. You just got two. You got one and two right there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know be, be very objective. T- tell them the truth. Say, Ted, listen, the reason I reached out to you is because you do podcasts. I see your following. I like the direction you go with this. I think my product is great. What do you think if we could do a podcast together? What do you think about my product? Or what do you think I need that your viewers and listeners would think? This product is great. What is it that I'm doing wrong from your, from a perspective, from your end? Why can't you give me your opinion, your honest opinion? At least if I get it honest from you, Ted, I build better. I have better information for my partners to get them and say, hey, listen, Ted does this every day. These are the little things he thinks we should tweak out that'll make it perfect in his industry. What does it take to do that? I think the biggest word to people wake up in the morning and just like that, just do it. Don't worry about what happens later. I know you want to be perfect. I get it. Everybody wants to be perfect, but there's no perfection. There's no such thing as perfection. Let it go. Just let that go. Do your best. Be honest with people and see what happens. And you're probably going to get nine out of ten no's. But you only need one. 
Just remember that. And you're in a good place. So, so I, got, I got two. You've got one left. But uh, the two, one was, was be honest with yourself. And be honest with the person that you're dealing with. Because it will make things better. If I try to bullshit you, you're going to be right through it. Come on, you do this every day. Come on, don't do that to a person. Because you insult them. Now I'm insulting you as a business. So I want to bring you to business, but I'm already bullshitting you. You don't need it. If this is your brand, your brand doesn't work Monday through Friday. It works the rest of your life. So I, I think I picked up the third one in there. You know, your brand is life. Work on it every day. It's not perfect, but you work on it every day. And I think that's key. Work on your brand every day. I work on Modi every day. Where's where's the best place for them to find out about the Modi app? I would I would tell them go to the app store. Go we're at the app store. We're at the we've been there a year. We just got an amazing article on our encryption, our security. You should read it. It's on our website. I think you should download the app. If you're looking for influencers to speak to, they will be on Modi. You will have an opportunity to either call them and pay them. And we're gonna be doing free calls with some influencers that you might be interested in. So I would tell you follow the Modi. Instagram Modi app. Uh, you can follow me, which is Hugo Boss1969. And if you want to speak to an influencer, we're going to make it happen for you. We're definitely going to make it happen for you for free. You're going to be able to record it. You're going to be able to post it. And that's what we're working on getting some of the best influencers now that can help people with their brand. And that's Modi's goal. Get the best influencers on there so you guys can reach out to them and speak to them on a one-on-one -on -one and work on your brand. If you sign up for the newsletter, we may send you some special stuff. So go ahead, go to Go to the website, sign up um, for the for the newsletter, for the email list, and we'll, we'll be sending out some special stuff to everybody. I'm even going to give you one more. Um, oh, he's dropping bombs I'm going to give you, if the next five people that download Modi, and we're going to convert your account to a verified account with five free hours, so you can learn how to use it, or even do a podcast with Ted and tell him what your opinion is on Modi. Give him an honest opinion. So five of you today, all you have to do is download Modi, add him, follow him on Instagram and tag two more people. And he's going to pass us your information, your profile, and we're going to give you five free hours. So you're going to get five for five. Five for five. All right. Well, everybody, thanks again. Um, you go. I appreciate it, man. And not more than me. I actually am blown away that you came all the way to New York to do this. Uh, no worries. I, join the city. I'm here for a... Uh, here for some other business, but it was really, really great to be able to catch up with you while I was here. And you not now you know we have to get you on our podcast. <laughs> now, I, know, I, know, you know, I know, you know how this is. This it's is just the industry. way that it works, man. It's a broader system. We work together, people. That's how your business grow, bartering with each other. All right. Well, thanks again. And uh, it was my pleasure. Catch up. Thank you so much, Dad. Don't forget to head over to Modi.com to download the app for a chance at five free hours. That's it for this episode of the Ted Huff Show. But we know you're wondering where you go from here. TedHuff.com makes it easy for you to get notifications for new episodes, specialized contests, exclusive giveaways, and upcoming events simply by signing up for our mailing list. You'll get access to all this and more by visiting TedHuff.com. That's T-E-D-D-H-U-F-F.com. Until next time, open your mind and expand your empire right here on the Ted Huff Show.